right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. It's your host, Bryce Paul, joined by my notorious compadre, Mr. Aaron Pizzamine Malone. Aaron, how you doing? Nothing's killed you in uh, Texas yet, right? No, uh, we, we dodged a thunderstorm last night, tornadoes a couple weeks ago, um, but it made a mess of everything, uh, which I'm very used to. I've got, you know, my head's all over the place. My finances are all over the place. The receipts are all over the place. My clothes are in different locations as I'm flying all around the world all the time, living out of a suitcase. Um, and as much as I love chaos, I could use a little more structure in my life, Bryce. Ah, I see so what you did there. Maybe, yeah, maybe you could uh, help me find some of that. You're always good at these things. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I agree. Well, uh, we have a guest here who's going to help both of us get a little structure in our life. This is Brian Hernandez, who's the co-founder and president of an awesome DeFi platform called Structure. So, Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. Yeah, we're excited to dive into to all things DeFi, everything that you guys are building over there to help make just investing more accessible and easier to use for the everyday average citizen, right? And at, here at Crypto 101 Podcast, it literally, it's in the headline of the, the title or whatever. It's like the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. So I think a platform like Structure um, is something that a lot of people who are listening to the show right now are, are going to be really excited to dive into. Um, so thanks for coming on. Fantastic. It's good to be here. Um, but before we dive into that, uh, let's just catch up a little bit about your background. Um, Brian, what were you kind of doing before you dove full steam into DeFi? Uh, so I started my career as a computational biologist, actually. I was working on cancer genomics and cancer research. Whoa. And then very early on in the, in the crypto cycle, I decided that I would um, start working on a Bitcoin trading algorithm. And this is a 2013, 2014. Um, and that was going well. So I continued to do that and I organically grew into a modest proprietary trading company where we were focused on systematic and algorithmic trading strategies. Uh, targeted at cryptocurrencies um, and prop trading is really fun but it it leaves a lot to be desired because the technology you work on never really impacts the lives of ordinary people like it's it's i mean it's in the name right proprietary uh just, so, and for those who don't know it's it's basically you just trading your own money it's not you trading anybody outside capital it's just kind of you got your own algorithms running buy sell maybe a hundred times a day a thousand times a day Totally, totally, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's like it's like playing a video game for a computer scientist. It's it's it's, it's very very stimulating. Um, but both me, I mean, my whole career, I always wanted to work on technologies that would impact the lives of ordinary people, like try and make the world slightly better than when I found it. Uh, and and also with my co-founder, who his background had been in high frequency trading, very similar background to mine, except for more in traditional uh, markets rather than crypto. And we, we saw an opportunity to build structure. There's a product that's going to make the process of trading and investing way easier for your just everyday person. Now, some of us are finance experts. Some of us are blockchain, DeFi, crypto technologists. And there's a lot of things that we can do because it's a powerful skill set uh, in this growing world. It's easy to, 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 to be caught in an echo chamber and forget that most people don't have that educational background. Right. And so they're missing out on a, on a whole world of investing opportunities that we at Structure want to make more accessible um, 
to, to this the class of person, which I think is the majority of people in the world, but also uh, particularly in markets that historically have been really poorly served by financial services providers. So when I first started in crypto, the technology was immediately apparent. This was going to be a, a, a revolutionary, like engaging technology that could transform the way that we run businesses, but it was way too immature back then. And really the only thing that you could do was trade it or build an exchange that helped other people trade it. Fast forward 10 years, we're in a completely different place today and you can really build businesses on it and you can really um, use it to access new markets and new customer demographics that historically would have been cost prohibitive to, to enter. So we, we're trying to bring the, 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 the enabling ability of crypto into building just a common sense personal finance uh, tool. I really, really love that mission. And it's one that we share here at Crypto 101. Uh, really glad that you're building the coding end of these things because that's just way beyond our scope. So thank you for beyond taking our pay care grade. of that. <laughs> yeah, beyond our pay grade. Um, and one of the things that I was thinking about while I was listening to you guys talk was other conversations I've had with many people in the space and the term structured product comes up in conversation all the time, but that's a term that not a lot of people are familiar with. Can you tell us what is a structured product out there and how that's different from, let's say, just buying Bitcoin? Yeah, that's it's definitely a term of art, easily confused. Um, actually, before that, the reason that we chose the name structure is because structure as a concept, even, even though it's very abstract, comes up across lots of different places in finance and in market theory. Um, talk about market microstructure, right? Or structured product or structured finance. Um, a structured product is a very specific thing that we don't deal with really at, at structure today. Uh, but if you could, um, by, by analogy, think of um, an option like a call or a put, gives you the right to buy or sell at a particular price for some, some amount of time. Structured products are like that on steroids. They're very complicated derivatives, um, usually complicated derivatives that are between two counterparties that allow you, really they're, they're developed to hedge certain types of risks and cash flows. So it's- So is it like a third party strategy that two counterparties can borrow for one reason or another? Um, Borrowing could be a component of it, but it, it could be something like, uh, you know, you borrow a bunch of money from me and you have to pay back uh, like premiums in a, some different currency, or it gives me the right to buy at some other price under these certain conditions. It's sort of like a custom derivative. You could, you could assign mm, okay. whatever. It's like a bunch of, of if then logic basically exactly. packaged into a one deal. Right. Yeah. And a call or a put option is like a very simple if then logic. Mm -hmm. uh, structured products is like that on steroids. You could any any amount of complexity you could build into it. I imagine that space is pretty exciting and ever changing, you know, kind of especially right now, like before we even dive into the crypto stuff, like the macro stuff. Right. Do, do you see I mean, with all these currency fluctuations, you know, Russia saying we're going to denominate oil sales in, in rubles. And, you know, there, it seems like the global financial order, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's kind of getting a little restructured. Do you have any thoughts like high level on that stuff? So it's definitely a very interesting development uh, that, you know, I can, I can only like look from afar because I have zero ability to influence it all. But uh, it, it you know, we take for granted, like we were kind of born into a generation that 
there's been a lot of stability in the, in the markets and, and in the, the, the big players. And when we see something like, you know, the, the developments in Russia, it's kind of a, a rude awakening that, you know, all of these things are, are standing on not always the firmest foundations. And it could just be like a slip of one foreign policy versus another that completely restructures uh, the agreements and balance of trade flows. And this, this impacts markets, um, you know, all the way down. Uh, markets are predicated on like what my future expectation for these relationships to be. And as soon as that gets called into question, markets react very quickly. So we're, we're starting to see that right now with the, the oil markets. How difficult is it to create something in DeFi? I know we've heard a lot of, you know, complications with in-app purchases from the Apple store where you know, Apple wants to take 30%, you know, of any transaction that's made, even if they have nothing to do with it. Uh, it's one of the reasons Ethereum was born, actually. What are the complications you guys are facing as you try and deploy DeFi into the mobile app space? There's certainly a lot of complications, right, in interacting with multiple protocols, different service providers like the App Store distribution partners, Um what our focus has always been is to uh, conceal all that complexity and expose no-nonsense, very intuitive uh, functions to the user that I want to buy this, I want to sell this, I want to allocate this amount of my portfolio into this DeFi yielding product, whatever that is. And it's just a, a button push. That is the interface that individual investors should be operating with. Now, what DeFi brings us is a whole bunch of other primitives to build really cool businesses and technologies, but that interface does not end where the individual investor should pick it up from. And so we see it's our role to, to provide that gap and that bridge in the same way that a commercial airline like Delta or United brings us the power of jet technology. None of us know how jet engines actually work, but we're completely happy to get on a plane and go from San Francisco to New York without any doubt that we're gonna get there in one piece. And, uh, and I think DeFi being such a new technology is um, creating a lot of opportunity, but also creating a lot of problems um, for people who don't have the bandwidth to you know, spend eight hours a day educating themselves on how all this stuff works. And this, the sad reality is it means that people are missing out and they, they can't participate in all this uh, uh, growth of, of wealth. So, um, walk me, walk me kind of through it. Um, it first off, is, is the app up and running today and people could go and they could, uh, kind of buy tokenized versions of the stocks. The app is up and running in a, in a private beta. Mm -hmm. So it's not publicly accessible, although we will be launching in the next month or two, uh, publicly. So it'll become available very soon. Um, well, sorry. Yeah. Your question and, and then, and then I guess the question, um, in follow-up, is it a custodial or a non-custodial type service? It is custodial. And the reason we chose to be a custodial platform today, which I mean, this could change in the future, is because we are always optimizing for user experience. Mm. And there's, although there are some philosophical ideals that are really great about non-custodial, um, you know, apps or, or liquidity providers, uh, at the end of the day, it, it does introduce a higher educational burden and more risk for the end consumer when things go wrong. So if you lose your private keys on a non-custodial you know, solution, you're, you just lost the money. Like there's no one you can call. Even if you could get a hold of the app developers, they can't help you because 
That's how the blockchain works. Um, with Structure, we have custody of your assets. And so you lose your password, you get your phone stolen, whatever. Someone's trying to extort money out of the platform. Like we, we're basically the gatekeepers can make things uh, right again when, when things go wrong. And, and I think this is um, a great feature for 90% of the people who want to interface with DeFi, but like just don't want to go down that deep rabbit hole. In the future, I think uh, technologies are being developed in, in blockchain that would allow us to build this, this application um, non-custodial. But currently, I think to do that, like the technologies aren't mature enough yet. We need privacy. We need super fast confirmation times and, and very cheap transactions. In order to, to bring all those things together, like it would be uh, too, it's too much of an, in an MVP state today. Uh, the, those layer one blockchains. And so by having this custodial solution, we can make sure that the transactions are instantaneous. They don't cost, there's no fee for every transaction um, and the user experience is just very, very smooth. And so with, with kind of a system like structure, somebody uses it, are they gonna experience like higher fees than a typical brokerage kind of like you know, Charles Schwab? Is that even a fair comparison? Um, or are you guys more, you know, trying to be a, um, you know, like a, a new age bank in a sense where you could offer, um, you know, customers structured products and all sorts of things like that. The, so they would definitely experience lower fees than what I would expect them to get on Schwab or another discount brokerage. Um, there is no fixed commission for trades that occur um, on structure and even the withdrawal network fees, right? Because if you, if you withdraw money from the platform, that's a that's a transaction we write to the blockchain. It, it, it's also free to do that on structure. Mm. So, um, you know, historically, I mean, things are changing all the time because the market is competitive. A discount brokerage would charge you maybe a fixed fee or a percentage fee for every trade that you make. And the, it may not sound like a lot, but we always like forget about vast majority of the people in the world, they don't own anything. Like their, their net assets is zero. And if, if I save $5 today, I can't invest it in anything because no one will open me an account with a $5 deposit. And, and even if I did, even if they did, I couldn't buy something if the, if the fee was even just a dollar to trade. I've already lost 20%. Now, I have to be right by more than 20%. I have to be right by more than, more than 40% to even make up the fees again, right? Just to break even. Just to break even. <laughs> the house always down. wins, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, so, so that's, that's some of the differences. Fascinating. That's awesome. Uh, can you tell us how you know, the tokenized stocks work? Like, do you guys own a share of the stocks and the digital representation is just for the wallet's sake or how do they maintain their pegged value to the actual stock price? Yeah, that's a great question. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And um, the easiest way to think of it is like a U.S. dollar stablecoin, although not U.S. dollar stablecoins are created equal or implemented in the same way. Um, you know, for instance, there's Tether, there's Circle, there's, you know, DAI in the Maker ecosystem. And 
they're all they've all taken very different approaches. Um, at Structure, we wanted to take the most conservative approach, so that no matter what goes wrong, even if Structure as an operating company goes bankrupt, that the um, the backing of the tokens will not be in jeopardy of anything. So uh, the way that we do that is when you deposit funds on the platform, say it's in Bitcoin, you're like, I want to buy a share of Tesla. You'll pay us in Bitcoin and we'll go out to the stock market and buy that share of Tesla. And that share of Tesla will sit in trust, um, will then mint the token that represents that Tesla share and give it to you. Now, you'll probably leave it on the platform, right? Because you're speculating, you want to exit maybe a little bit later, maybe you want to trade it for, for the Apple or S&P 500 or something like this. Um, but we also give you, because it's a token, you can do whatever you do with tokens with it. So you could withdraw it out to your private wallet. You could put it into some other DeFi smart contract that is requiring you to lock up value in exchange for whatever yield that they're, that they're promoting. And so you imagine that I think 99.5% of all asset value in the world is not crypto. So we all have some amount of our portfolios allocated into more conservative things. And all that value is locked up currently. You can't, you can't do, you can't use it in, in, in generating more yield uh, via, um, you know, putting it into the, the, the DeFi world, because if it's not in a token form, how are you going to do that? So with structure, you can bring that value, get, get it in token form, and then, and then do whatever you want with it. You can truly take custody of it. Um, so it, the reason it, it will never lose its peg because the real thing exists. When someone brings that token back to the platform, they're like, I, I want out, like dispose of it. We, we're guaranteed to always have that money on hand of whatever the market is offering for that asset because mm -hmm. we're just going to sell the asset, give you the money, from that sale and you're done and destroy the token. So it's it's a it's like the circles implementation of of uh, USDC, uh, which I think most people would would agree it's among the safer implementation. Gold standard of uh, stable coins, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Now, now one of the things that I'm curious about is kind of like the go to market strategy, I guess, if you will, for because it's like a two-sided marketplace. Like, do you have to have liquidity providers to take the other side of the bet plus the kind of retail customers or am I thinking about it the wrong way? It, it's, so that's kind of like an exchange model. We're not an exchange. We're a single, single dealer platform. So when you as a customer come on to structure and you want to buy something, you're buying from us. When you're selling, you're selling to us. What we do is we aggregate the liquidity across exchanges, liquidity providers, et cetera so that we can offer the best in, uh, best price available in the market and remove all the complexity of, of, of a central limit order book exchange. We may develop that in the future, but it's our opinion that those types of trading interfaces are better suited for prosumer enthusiast or professional traders because there's a lot of information going on. And I don't know if you've ever sat next to someone who is maybe very well educated and, and intelligent, but you sit them down in front of like, Coinbase Pro's order book where all the, the they just freeze up. Matching. It's like, oh, look, I like this is cool, but like this isn't for me because we're talking about real money and I'm not well educated enough to to feel confident in this. And so the result is that people don't they don't participate. Um, so that's yeah, that's how we deal with with liquidity providers. We aggregate them and then uh, just just give you what matters, which is the best price.
Yeah, no, I love this theme that we're kind of talking about, like, you know, these real world assets and kind of like collateralizing these real world assets to earn yield in the crypto ecosystem. And there's one company that that I like um, and, and have, a you know, I, I, I you know like these tokens uh, and it's called Centrifuge. Um, and they're doing a, a bunch of really cool stuff. And, and MakerDAO is another one you mentioned. Um, this seems like a trend that I think might actually be the hottest trend of 2022, just tokenization of real world assets. We saw uh, MakerDAO and uh, Tesla, you know, had a, you know, Tesla financed a lease uh, through MakerDAO or something like that. And which was pretty interesting. Do you, do you also, are you seeing a lot of these themes kind of unfold, like with real world asset tokenization? Um, and, and are there a lot of companies that you're interested in, but they're, they're following that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, there's, there's two, there's two approaches too. there's sort of like the pure DeFi purist synthetic implementation of this, where you have an Oracle that feeds, uh, that feeds some smart contract that is able to mark the position. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, this is kind of how, how maker works or, or synthetics for, for stock tokens. Um, the, the problem with these is that they require over collateralization because if the market moves, like you got to make sure that you have enough assets to pay out the winners, uh, the, the winner uh, from, from the loser stake. Um, so that user experience is not great for people who aren't both familiar with blockchain technology and also familiar with how trading works. Um, although it is, it is very elegant in that it doesn't require any centralized um, components, right? This is purely running on the blockchain. That's, that's very beautiful. Um, but the tokenization, the, the sort of old school or simple conservative tokenization that, that, that we employ and that others have employed of real, real world assets like, like uh, you know, real estate or, or, or other things that historically haven't had a ton of liquidity, I think is fantastic, particularly with NFTs too. Um, I, the fact is that it, tokens are just more convenient assets to own. So if I can make in a token form an asset that I otherwise would have wanted to own that isn't in that form, it's, I think it increases the utility and hence the value of that asset. What was it like as a founder coming in the space and trying to raise money for what you're doing? <laughs> Did you have a lot of people say, oh, we've already got Robinhood, no thanks. Or was it like eyes bulging out of their head saying, how much do you need? Let's do this. And to preface this, you guys just successfully closed a $20 million raise, um, like just recently. Is that right? It, not, it wasn't so recently. We announced it somewhat recently, but it was actually uh, a, a, bit, a bit like a while ago. Um, yeah, so we raised our first round in the pit of the, the market collapse with COVID and everything. It was probably the worst time in crypto history to, to try and uh, raise, but that it, it doesn't actually matter with, with smart investors. So once we were able to communicate the idea, like the guys at Polychain, they got it and they, they, they started seeing dollar signs that if this works, this is gonna radically disrupt the existing uh, brokerage market and is gonna completely change uh, consumer behavior with respect to how we think about money and assets. When everything is a token, all assets are now money. Right. There's no right. more reason to have currency in that world. So, uh, wow. yeah, I mean, fundraising is never easy, especially the first check. But, uh, you know, we, we, we were fortunate to, to, to link up with some you know, visionary investors and then got the ball rolling. And, yeah, this 20 million dollar round that, that, that you speak of is, uh, you know, 
basically the result of, uh, I don't know how long it was, like six months of, of hard work in, in mm -hmm. creating MVP. And, you know, now we're off and rolling. We're, we've completed the product, we're testing it out in the beta, and we'll be rolling it out to the, to the public market very soon. And an all-inclusive financial app really is the future. It's inevitable, and it's not that far away. We saw very early versions of it, you know, you know, maybe five, ten years ago with Clink and Acorns and all these other saving apps that really have the right idea in mind, but they lack the ability to get their users anywhere. And now, you know, the Robinhood invasion into crypto has really raised the awareness of how markets work, how broken they are, <laughs> uh, but there's better stuff out there for you. And all the time, whenever I'm talking to people, there's there's a ton of interest, but just not a, a lot of ability to get their hands on this stuff. And as I'm looking, you know, just at your website, you've got great design. It's going to be easy to use this stuff and very, very intuitive to apps people are already using and trading on. So yeah, it's no re it's no wonder that Polychain saw the potential in this. Yeah, and Polychain for listeners at home, um, you know, co-founder uh, or, or the the founder of Polychain was the co-founder of Coinbase, right? Like one of the most successful crypto companies. Um, so that's really cool. And you know, you're you're you smart money's betting on you, and I love to see it. Um, and it's, it's been great to have you on here. And, and before we kind of let you go, there's a couple you know, you know main questions we like to ask folks when they come on. Um, and, and, you know, in DeFi, are there any other themes or trends that maybe you're not working on directly, uh, but that you find just interesting? You're like, that's kind of like something that, that, that really piques your interest. Um, I, I think everything that's going on in, in the NFT world is, mm. is very interesting. And uh, part of why it's interesting to me is I don't think I understand it completely. Uh, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm only on the, I'm sort of a voyeur, right? I just like kind of watch from afar what's going on, but it's clear, it's clear that a lot of people much smarter than me uh, are, are very excited about this. So, you know, developing uh, a, a way to make uh, participating in the NFT world as easy as possible for our users has always been like a pretty high priority for our product development. So, you know, the problem is, is like for very popular NFTs, they're very expensive and it's all or nothing. You can't really buy a fraction of them. Um, except for if you roll it into some other tokenization schemes. And so uh, I, what I always uh, get excited about is like rolling up portfolios of NFTs and then fractionalizing them and selling them off to individuals. So I can buy like $10 worth of, of the CryptoPunks. And right and now it, as, as that project succeeds or, mm, or, or like, a, like a basket of mortgage backed securities or something. <laughs> well, I would think more like a basket of tech stocks. There we go. There you go. Like a, uh, more palatable comparison. Um, so yeah, let's. I mean, so the NFTs. I think there is still room for a really high performance uh, private layer one smart chain. I think the the like there's you know been a lot of swings at the bat there. Uh, I don't think there are any winners just yet, but that's something that we're paying attention very closely to because we want to build some of our technology on those things, and we're just waiting for the time when it, we think it's mature enough. Nice. I love it. Um, who like in crypto, like maybe one person that you feel has had really tremendous impact on you, uh, maybe academically or challenged you as a builder. Um, who's just someone you kind of look up to? Well, so, do I have to know them personally or just like, no, no, not at all. 
Uh, I think it would be Sam Bankman Freed, right? Like he, mm. uh, same alma mater, and and I think uh, he is uh, you know tremendously successful at building better marketplaces, uh, providing more liquidity, getting it out to more people, and doing it for making the world a better place. Which it sounds cliche and everything, but like that is the most fun game to play at the end of the day. So I, I think uh, I think Sam's very inspiring. Um, there, there are a number of other entrepreneurs. Jesse Powell, like, is, is definitely very inspiring. Um, so, love it. Well, that's uh, that's a great answer. Uh, Sam is likewise a super inspirational dude. Um, I think you know maybe the richest guy in the world now, under thirty years old. I saw on Forbes, which is just mind blowing that it happened so quickly. I remember when FTX came out just a few years ago, and he, you know he's built his empire. So that's a huge shout out. <laughs> And then kind of the last question um, is just outside of, of any company uh, that you might have like a financial interest in, um, what's one, you know, company in crypto or maybe even a protocol um, that you think is, you know, kind of defining the future, the next big thing, really making the world a better place? And I guess we'll exclude FTX since we already uh, <laughs> dropped Sam Bankman-Fried. Well, I think. I think it's the layer one blockchains like Avalanche and Solana because mm, they're, there we go. they're opening up a completely new, new application, like a, a new set of applications that, that are, are practical to build on chain now. And it's still really early for them. Uh, they, they've taken two very different approaches to, to, to delivering, you know, very low cost transactions, you know, very, very reliable, very high performance uh, transactions. But I think, more development in that direction is going to really bring to the mainstream the fruits of Web3. So I'm very excited to, to see how those develop. Love it. So when can we uh, expect to get our hands on structure? Uh, it's a great question. Depending on what country you live in, I, it, could, it could take some time or it could be very, very, uh, very soon. Um, we're, we're going to be rolling it out to our first country uh, in the next month or two. And then adding on like a, a bunch of other countries, uh, you know, there's a long list of them. We have a, a, an order of priorities, particularly from, you know, emerging market economies that historically have been uh, poorly served by financial service providers uh, and then working our way to the more developed economies. So if you live in the U.S., you may be having to wait for a while. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you live at, you know, outside in emerging markets, like you'll get it sooner. Makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for everything you're doing. And we look forward to having you back on with the uh, next big update about structure when you guys continue to roll out more amazing things. Yeah, no, thanks a lot for having me. It's been, it's been a blast, guys. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.